Welcome everybody to episode 73 of Dork Tunes. So this week I have a very, very special guest who I shall get to them to introduce themselves. Hey, my name's uh, Mike Miller. I go by MR online sometimes and I'm a composer and music technologist. Music technologist, no doubt. Yeah, I, I didn't have a good word for it, so that's what I came up with. <laughs> <laughs> so what does a music technologist do? Uh, I sit firmly on a fence between kind of developing and building music technology and audio technology as a software engineer and programmer and uh, working on music systems and composing and every other side of the creative side. So I'm, I can't decide between the technical and the creative. And so I merge the two as best as I can, uh, sometimes better than other times. So... <clears throat> this is kind of like the base question that I ask pretty much everybody, because um, everybody has a completely different answer. So where did you start with your journey into video game music? So, for example, did you, you know, go the kind of classic way where you went to college and you studied? And... Uh, it's definitely a mix of uh, classical and not. So me video games way back when I was a little kid, got me into both programming and music. Um, growing up on playing a lot of games on Sega Genesis and then Dreamcast and all the Nintendo platforms, uh, I got really into the music that I was hearing, but it also made me want to build video games. And so I started learning how to program when I was like eight or something and started doing a lot more music writing when I turned like 15. And then by the time it was time to go to college, I thought, I want to do both these things. I want to be a software engineer as I really love programming. Um, and I want to write music for video games and movies. And uh, so I went into choosing colleges knowing I wanted to do both. Um, and I ended up going to MIT and double majoring in music and computer science um, and then doing a master's building uh, robots for an opera for the Prince of Monaco, um, and then went and worked for a music software company, uh, developing kind of the music software that a lot of game and film composers use to write music for their projects. Mm -hmm. um, and all along the way, writing music behind the scenes and uh, moved out to LA, started uh, working more with other composers. Um, I started doing orchestration uh, with Austin Wintry back in about 2015 and have been working with him ever since. Um, and uh, Austin's started, a dude. Yeah, <laughs> he is a dude. Um, worked as an assistant for a film composer named Brian Tyler. Um, and uh, yeah, now I, I work as a audio programmer at Naughty Dog um, and released a couple of games in the past, uh, indie games in the past few years that I did uh, all the music related programming for and the music as well. Okay, so the titles that you've worked on, how have you found that, <clears throat> I think with all the experience that you gain over the years, have you found that the way that you approach the kind of titles that you work on differs every time and it kind of changes, it evolves? Yeah, I think that's kind of the beauty of where game music is right now. It kind of feels like the Wild West where nothing's really codified. And it's despite its 30 year history of game music, it's it feels like anything can go and we're on the verge of something new and big and being able to really kind of ground it in its own medium um, in a way. 
so every project is completely different and everything kind of feels like starting from scratch, especially because of the technology aspect. Um, mm -hmm. is if you're working with different studios, they don't have the technology that you work with at the previous studio. Um, and so figuring out how to even just get interactive music systems to work in within the confines of this entirely separate game engine that you're working with, it's different every time. And that's kind of the fun of it, I think, actually. Mm. And so like, <clears throat> I know you said you worked with Austin. What, was, what did you work with Austin on? Oh, I've been, I work on his music team uh, with his orchestrator to basically help translate everything uh, into something that his, that can be played live so we can record it. Um, and then I help with other odds and ends, occasionally helping with additional arrangements of some music for games or uh, helping put together Pro Tools sessions to help record stuff. And it, sometimes I'm building him new computers so that he can write on them. Sometimes those new computers don't work well and I get yelled at. Uh, it's all good. I really can't imagine Austin yelling at anybody. He, do, he doesn't yell, that's, yeah. He in fact won't let me come and fix it. I've been uh, nagging him for over a year being like, please let me let me fix the issues. He's like, I'm too busy. <laughs> so. He is, I mean, that is true. I've, I've known Austin for a long time now and um, He's a machine. Yeah, I'm fairly certain he's part cyborg. <laughs> I, I was just actually stopped. having a conversation about this with another composer friend. Uh, mm. We were talking about, does he ever sleep? And I'm like, I've, I've never witnessed it. So I can't say for sure. Um, I've never watched him sleep. Uh, That's a bit weird. I know. <laughs> it would be weird, but I can't verify if he sleeps or not. Austin, can I watch you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, I, I do see this quite a lot. It's something that um, I've noticed is composers as a whole just never stop. It's always, you know, going from one thing to the next to the next or having multiple pieces of work ongoing at the same time. You know, I find, I mean, it's amazing, but also do you think that that could potentially lead to burnout? I think it absolutely can. Um, I, I think it is exhausting. And I think it's also a stressful uh, industry uh, by the nature of it all being contract work and mm. competitive in that sense, that you're mm. always kind of unsure where the next project is going to be. Mm. For, for game music, at least, and whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, the projects run longer than for film music, yeah. that you're committed to this thing for years as opposed to a few months mm -hmm. um, and the budgets aren't as high, which means that you're except at the AAA level where you're kind of constantly scrambling. And then without the royalties aspect, you don't have kind of a sustaining income in between these mm -hmm. high points, basically, that the film and TV people get. Um, Thank the Lord for Bandcamp. <laughs> right? <laughs> it helps. Uh, doesn't help me, but I'm sure it helps Austin. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, um, you should talk about kind of releasing new games and stuff because um, we've just, as before we started recording, um, we were talking about what I was doing at playing Horizon Spitting West. You know, I'm really good friends with Joe, Niels and Yaris and stuff. Um, and it's been really interesting kind of watching them over the last while, kind of seeing the kind of game coming up to release and then seeing, you know, the huge kind of... Um, reception that it's received 
<clears throat> are, they, find... are they happy? <laughs> yeah, I think so. You know, but I think for them, you know, I think it's it's almost like you know they're giving away the child now. You know, it's like yeah, <laughs> on it's the done. Next and they've probably been done for months, so it's kind of like a weird time warp where they have to go back and beat the drum for this and be excited about it when and i'm sure they are but it's also oh, they're definitely excited about it they're, they're also probably working on other projects already and it, it's strange it's a strange yeah. feeling to be like excited about this thing that you had already put all this love and effort into and burnout into and then yeah. revisit it later it's funny because i was texting nails on thursday night kind of going only another three hours to go and it's like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah because it's such a huge game i mean it went gold before it was even released yep that's insane you know and i i, I was i'm going to imagine I, I can't remember i did read recently about how many copies of horizon forbidden west have sold and it was like it's in the millions and millions mm. you know so and i can only imagine this is probably going to do something similar yeah and especially given that it's on both PS4 and PS5, it's going to help a lot in that regard. Yeah. And then people still can't get PS5s. No, I was really lucky. I was I, I was able to get one on launch from Me Amazon. I, I got it from Best Buy in the US because uh, their website was such garbage that it was down because of all the people trying to buy them. And mm. so I was able to sneak in and get one via some stealthy computer science wizardry. <laughs> I know it's been really difficult. Um, I've, I've helped quite a few in, uh, to get one, and it's just been like, Argh. you know, because they literally go on a website, they're just gone. Yep. You know, I'm still waiting to help my best friend to get one. So <sighs> they'll get there eventually, I suppose. Yep. So you've been with Naughty Dog for how long? Uh, coming up on a year in May. Okay. And how have you found that from kind of working previously to the stuff that you're obviously doing now, you're obviously going to be covered in, in NDAs. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been awesome so far. Um, I have officially shipped my first title with them, um, mm -hmm. which was uh, the Uncharted uh, 4 and Lost Legacy remaster for PS5. Um, and it, it's interesting because I, I was actually working mostly not on what would be traditional audio and music stuff for that. I was uh, basically, I built from the ground up their way of uh, talking with the dual sense haptics and the oh, wow. operations on that, um, which you wouldn't think is audio related, but the whole thing is driven with audio signals. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, it is actually an audio task to do that, um, which is interesting. And how have you found that? Because the haptics on the PS5 controller are incredible. It's, they're really cool. And mm -hmm. it's in many ways, the whole process is very analogous to sound design mm -hmm. in that it needs kind of this aesthetic sense and it needs this synchronization in a way that Rumble didn't. And now you need to be aware of the frequency response of these devices, audio mm -hmm. level mixing, stereo panning left and right, um, spatialization in the environment in a way that none of this stuff mattered towards Rumble. But now that they're audio driven and hyper detailed, um, you really need to be aware of this domain. And while they're not speakers and you're feeling with your hands, like the frequency ranges that matter are completely different. Mm. Um, <clears throat> the principles and the aesthetic 
considerations definitely still apply in a way that I hadn't really thought about before setting it on the project and yeah. is kind of eye-opening. And it's, it's really interesting also watching what different studios do with it, like how Returnal handled it, even just mm -hmm. the Astro's Playroom tech demo. It's basically so a controller amazing. tech demo. Yeah, it's uh, so, tried, I can't yeah. believe they gave that away for free, frankly. It's, it's, it's really cool. And it's like some of the, just like the chunks you get from pulling on the rope mm -hmm. is just one of the most satisfying things. Or even right at the beginning where they're like, here's how the gyros work on your controller. And it feels like there's a bunch of little astrobots <laughs> tumbling around inside. It's a pretty yeah. impressive piece of technology. Yeah, um, fantastic. It's fun, it's fun to work with. And obviously Kenny Young did the music, which is fantastic. Yep. So... Um, and I'm trying desperately trying not to buy the Uncharted uh, that game because I'm just like I've just I bought Alan Wake and it's sat in my spare room and it's been sat since it came out. So I'm just like, what am I doing? <laughs> well, it's it's gorgeous and there's a cheap upgrade if you own either of the games in it on PS4. Yes, I do actually. Yep, I did I not know that. I think it's a it's it's a fairly cheap update. Ah, I didn't know that. Yep. <clears throat> I, uh -huh, I sold a copy. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> um, you you touched on Returnal and the audio for that. Um, I have to admit, while Returnal is an incredible game, it's so rock hard. Oh, but I yeah, rage quit. Yeah, I've I've got to the second boss <laughs> so far, but yeah, I've left it alone for a while. But I will go back to it. Um, but yes, it the sound. The sound, the sound production for that is absolutely out of this world. You must play it with headphones. Am I correct? Yeah, it is, and it's combined with the visual. It is such a mood, it, and it sticks with you. Like even I, I quit because I'm terrible at games. Um, I got past the second boss, so I guess I'm better. No, I'm I'm terrible at games. And I was like, look, at, I got to the second boss, and I'm like, I don't want to die. I'm gonna look up a manual to see how to beat this thing, but so I yeah. don't get gotcha'd. Is I, I I suck. Um, but yeah, that game sticks with you in a in a way that a lot of games haven't with me, especially for one that like. I, I couldn't continue with. Mm. I'm so not used to that. It's like my old age. I'm like, I'm getting old. I can't do these things anymore, kids. <laughs> um, I would have never put down a game like 15 years ago. I would I have know. just plowed through it like the Kool-Aid guy. But isn't it funny how, you know, I've gone back to games that I played when I was a kid, you know, and I'm like, these are rock solid hard. You know, I'm like, no. How on earth did we play them and finish them back in the day? <laughs> I tried to show my daughter uh, Sonic, and I was like, here, just watch Dad play. And I'm like running, and I'm just falling into spike pits. I'm like, I used to be good at this. I don't know how I did this when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, I just zip through these, and now I'm just like, it's halting and terrible, and I yeah. died very quickly. I played. I tried to play the remake of the Crash Bandicoot games. Mm -hmm. Nah, that didn't last more than a couple of levels. <laughs> oh man, I was I was playing through uh, all the Uncharted games when I started at Naughty Dog because I didn't actually played them before, and I oh, got wow. the, I got I I had played all the Last of Us stuff and was just smitten mm. with that. But I got to in Uncharted Four. There's a moment where you play Crash Bandicoot embedded in the game, mm -hmm. um, just the first level, and 
I couldn't beat it. I could not beat the first level of it. It's just like, I, I, I'm, I'm terrible at games, it turns out. I, I, I'm so thankful for all the accessibility options that allow me to turn it down to like easy mode so I can Super just enjoy easy. the yeah. game. And like, I have no shame about it anymore. I, no. like, I, I just, just want to enjoy the time. game. Yeah. You know, absolutely. What was I playing recently? And I did the same thing. Uh, Ratchet and Clank. Mm-hmm. For the boss battles, I was like, just knock it down to easy, you know, get past it, and then just enjoy the rest of the game. Also, Ratchet and Clank, the audio and the visuals on that are incredible. The haptics are fun, too. And there, there's a music crossover haptics where one of the, um, it's like the 8-bitifier weapon. Uh, if you were to put your uh, DualSense controller on the table, it would actually play the game's theme using the haptics. Oh, wow. Um, it just needs a resonator so that you can actually project the sound. <laughs> mm. I think, like, doing all that, it's just, it, it's incredible, I, I find. You know, well, one of the things that's really frustrated me, and it has done for many, many years, and it's got me to the point where, have you ever heard of Edge magazine? Uh, I have. I, I don't think I've ever read uh, yeah. article or held a physical <clears throat> copy. It's a UK um, magazine that's really well-respected, Um and they're quite harsh with the scores. Um, so like an edge seven would be a 10, you know, usually. <laughs> okay, so they, they grade on a really harsh curve. <laughs> yeah, you know, and um, they do like a letters page. And for years I've resisted from writing in. And then I thought, you know what? Because I thought I'd be a bit rubbish. and Because I read the letters page all the time and I'm like, wow, these people can really write emails. And <laughs> it just, I'm like, no, 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 no. yeah so i um i took up i took the courage and i just did it a few weeks ago and um i'm being published in this month's episode congratulations magazine um basically about the frustration around you're seeing and reading and watching um reviews online you know in magazines all the rest of it about these games you know as you say you can be as a composer working on these for like three years you know on and off and it's a lot of work Mm -hmm. to have either nothing mentioned in the review or maybe like maybe one or two lines and it's i just find that really frustrating because i would have been mad well i know that if me being the person involved in the game and seeing that over and over and over again, crushing. <clears throat> you know, yeah. do you find do you find the frustration with that? Um, I haven't yet. His, it's been fortunate enough. The games that I've worked on seem that stuff seems to get at least one sentence of mention most of the time. Mm. Um, but it, it's also this funny realization that I know I'm very biased. That mm. I love game music. I love music and audio and games <clears throat> and it's the thing that I gravitate towards and I keep wanting to hear more about it and see more about it and see people like share this interest but at the same time there's this I need to like disconnect a little bit and be like well this isn't music with a game bolted on it's yeah. a game with music as one aspect of it and coming yeah, yeah. to that realization that like my music isn't the thing that makes or breaks this yeah. Um, whether it's in a film or it's in a game was kind of like a tough cook, tough pill to swallow back in mm-hmm. the day. 
but it's actually been really freeing at a certain point. It's like, this is a communal project that we're, we're all yeah. coming together to work on. And when it all sings and it all works together, um, magic happens. Um, and so whether they mention it or not, I know it affects the perception of it. I, mm. I think what's worse for me is uh, almost seeing like a sentence like, the music was forgettable. I'm like, worse to me is like things that are so unremarkably bland that they don't even warrant any impression at all. I'd <laughs> rather somebody hate my music because it at least inspired some emotion. <laughs> Have you ever had those? Um, nobody said it outright, but you know, I hope somebody does. I hope somebody <laughs> hates it so viscerally that they're like, I'm going to find everything this guy does and just hate it. I, I want to like a mean internet stalker who's just like, this is trash. I'm going to ruin you. Or... <laughs> because the song made me so angry. <laughs> like if I can inspire that level of fervor in somebody, that's that's you're doing your job special yeah. <laughs> yeah i've inspired i've raised emotions like that's what music is there for it's to yeah. it's to bring something into the fold make yeah. you feel something and if i can make somebody feel that level of persistent hatred mm -hmm. oh man i i'll have made it i can sleep easy Stop that done. night Tick. yeah <laughs> i think it's really interesting though certainly over the last few years I'm not going to put a number on it, but because you've got whole businesses that are now kind of created as an offshot from gaming and the game music. You look at I Am 8-Bit and Black mm -hmm. Screen Records and, you know, all the stuff that they do and all the other, you know, um, game vinyl music websites. It's just insane, you know, and I'm on a, a Discord for video game music and <clears throat> they're all really lovely, but my God... If when something is announced, they are on it. <laughs> what what Discord should I join? <laughs> <laughs> I shall send out details. But um, yeah, I mean, the kind of video game music vinyl uh, community are insatiable. They want everything all the time, you know, and they will buy it, and they'll buy multiple copies of it, you know. Yeah, and it, it's interesting <clears throat> to me. His like, I grew up around a lot of vinyl, but never I, I don't think I'm nostalgic for it because it was just always in yeah. the home my dad was a uh he reviewed records for Rolling Stone at a time and then Newsweek after that in the 80s and so we just had this huge wall of vinyl yeah um and if anything I'm just nostalgic for physical media in general and so yeah. like speaking of black screen records like when the Evergate uh soundtrack was being put together or i was putting it together i just reached out to black screen records and uh was like hey do you guys want to publish this uh because it's like i don't know how any of this works and they're like sure <laughs> and I'll, um and it's just because like i love the physicality of it and there's yeah. something so beautiful about the medium uh, just the fact that you're like forced to put it onto these sides, you need to make it cohesive. It needs to flow. And it, mm -hmm. it's a different consideration from something like Spotify. And Yeah. There's something really special I find about being able to sit downstairs in the sitting room and pick a record out, put it on, you know, dropping the needle and just waiting those, those few seconds for the music to start. And then when it does start, you're like, Oh, this is really nice. 
yeah. It, it's kind of like the living room version of going to the theater, right? Like it's, you need to set aside time for it. You need to do this ritual act. And there's something more communal about it than like sitting with your headphones on and listening to Spotify, which I do all the time. But um, there's something kind of, it sets it apart when you're dealing with a physical disc of any sort and putting that in. Um, but please, I, I, why are we bringing back cassette tapes? Oh, I know. I just do not get that whatsoever. <laughs> and uh, I've seen a lot recently and a lot of bootlegs as well, but they're not really my thing at all. <laughs> it, it, I, that, those I have zero nostalgia for. No. Remember when they used to get like all tangled up crunch and you're like uh, sticking a pencil in and trying to spin <clears throat> it back or you're just bored so you're spinning it around with your finger i have very like visceral memories of what sticking your fingertip in there feels like mm -hmm. right now and you get um, that little mark around the top of your finger because you've had been yeah. doing that <laughs> kids these days they don't know they're they're bored <laughs> but yeah i mean i will give you one tip though never ever start collecting video game music vinyl because it is an expensive hobby and it becomes an obsession <laughs> i don't have space for it uh, yeah i didn't i've just created it <laughs> <laughs> i just kind of accidentally you know have this space now where where it all sits downstairs but um <clears throat> i think i've got like four or five that are on order now I'm just waiting on and it's, I just kind of forget what I order and then eventually it comes through the post and I'm like oh this is cool <laughs> <laughs> well that's a, that's a nice surprise present <laughs> I, I was texting nails the other week about like stuff I've got on order and then I was I had to go back like twice and go oh yeah and there's this I forgot about that one and then yeah there's uh, yeah it's crazy, but it's great. You know, I think last week I got um, the Plague Tale soundtrack mm -hmm. by Oliver Drivier and yep. um, Firewatch by Chris Remo. <laughs> so good. Sorry, excuse me. I've got two dogs and they're deciding they want to fight now. <laughs> well, can't hear anything, so they're fighting quietly. I saw I saw somebody creeping by the bed earlier. <laughs> <laughs> that was Peggy. Yeah. She's um she's the loud one. So, <sighs> so <clears throat> you you touched on it earlier, and I'd love to know. Actually, you're gonna get. A, I thought there we go. That's Peggy. Aww, <laughs> look at that little schnauzer. <laughs> you touched on it earlier on. Um, you said your memories around kind of playing games and the music when you were a kid. What was? Because I think we all generally have one. What was the the game and the and the piece of music that you went? Oh my God. Uh, it, it kind of comes in two phases. The first one is the probably Sonic 2 mm -hmm. uh, for the Genesis. And then it was Final Fantasy 7. Um, but because I didn't own a PlayStation, it was the PC release, which was buggy. But um, I, I think it was, yeah just everything about that game and like Aerith's theme and all the, all the sweet jams in Sonic 2 and Sonic 1 as well and 3, mm -hmm. pretty much all those games. <laughs> yeah, uh, for me, it was a bit earlier. Um, Solomon's Key on the Amstrad. Mm. Really, really good. But 
I'm going to say something a bit, you know, I think one winged angel is way over the, you know, it's just, I'm over it. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not for me. No, it's, it's not my favorite piece in that soundtrack. Um, and it, it's funny with the internet, you start seeing other people's opinions a lot more and it's mm -hmm. like, Oh, oh I yeah. didn't know that. I didn't know that resonated with you. Because mm -hmm. um, it's like, there's things that just completely pass me by. And then it's like, oh, people are really freaking excited about this particular thing. And like, I completely missed it. it mm -hmm. am I, are my opinions just bad? Or am I just particular? Um, and, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was a piece of music that never, when I was playing the games, never left an impression yeah. on me. Whereas like, the main melodies are what stuck with me from Final yeah, Fantasy VII. Totally. And like just the opening harp stuff. Like, yeah. So, can you tell me two things? Game that you're currently playing and a soundtrack that you currently really appreciate. Game that I'm currently playing, I'm still trying to make, well, I, I've, having, having kids has changed how I play <laughs> games. Um, but trying, yeah, if even, uh, cause I'm now trying to like juggle having a full-time job and working on orchestration stuff for other composers and my own stuff. And so game I'm currently playing, uh, very slowly, uh, is Deathloop, um, yeah. which has been good. Um, I'm also, I recently got a Nintendo switch cause I'm really late to the party. And so I'm also trying to play, um, uh, Breath of the Wild. And then I've got a huge backlog of games uh, that I'm trying mm -hmm. to play and that I haven't even started. I, I'm still trying to play God, the 2018 God of War. Wow. Um, so <laughs> Apparently it looks I, incredible on the PS5. Yeah, it looks great. It, mm. It's great. <laughs> um, and then what was the other question? Soundtrack. Oh, soundtrack. Oh. I see it's funny it's I don't listen to that many game soundtracks in my free time I mostly listen to uh <laughs> to a lot of pop music um but cool. uh, I'm so yeah. I'm here with for that so I mean I just got in over a real big uh Phoebe Bridgers kick um mm -hmm. and uh there's a new Mitski album that just came out that I'm I'm digging um but Otherwise, I, I keep going back to, uh, I think, Austin Wintry's Abzu soundtrack. Um, it's just when I need to, like, get in that Zen headspace and, like, having worked on that one, it just yeah. it just puts me in a nice place. And I just enjoy it every time I listen to it. I really need that on vinyl. I really wish I bought it when <laughs> it came out. It's like hen's teeth. But yeah, I would probably say um, my favorite, the one that I again go back to kind of from my Zen space, um, as you say, would be Everybody's Gone to the Raptor by Jessica mm -hmm. Curry. Just for five years in a row, it was my top um, played album on Spotify. Mm -hmm. So only well, that says a lot. <clears throat> yeah, only to be taken over by uh, Ori and the Will Wisps. Ah. I, I still haven't played the second game. I played the first and absolutely fell in love with the score for that. Yeah. Um, hey, and I actually beat that game. I didn't. I didn't quit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was really lucky because um, Gareth, who's been on the show before, he invited me to London, um, December two thousand nineteen, uh, to the 
their studios and I got to mm. see him record Will the Wisps for a nice. day. And it was just one of the best days of my life, really. Had, had you been to a scoring session before? Never, never. Uh-huh. It was, it's one of my life uh, ambitions. And <laughs> I was blown away. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I hope you get to go to many more. And I mean, you've got two great scoring stages uh, in London to visit. Yeah. So you've been to Air now, which is beautiful. Yeah. With it, it's a really converted beautiful. church of yeah. some sort. And oh, man, it's gorgeous. stunning. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you've got Abbey Road, which is not as beautiful, but is steeped in history. And they're only about 20 minutes away from each other. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. I, I've, I've trekked between them in one day. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a final question for you. You can answer or you can't or you may not. Um, it's all dependent on that magic word, NDA. <laughs> is there anything that you can talk about that's coming up for yourself? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm getting it. to work on cool stuff, but I can't talk about anything related <laughs> yeah. to that. So is um, there any game that you're looking forward to coming up? I mean, we were just talking about Horizon, which just yeah. came out. Um, mm-hmm. I have a code to check that out, but I haven't played the first game, so I feel like I need to do that. Oh, okay. Actually, no. Um, and then... I'm not sure if I should be looking forward to Elden Ring or not. <gasps> I have it on pre-order. Considering I, I rage quit Demon Souls, which I thought I was going to love. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I, just, I butted hard against that. Yeah. Demon Souls, not for me. Bloodborne. Oh, that was my game of the, the last generation, without, mm. without a doubt. I love that game. It, it's just everything I read about these games like would have been perfect for me 20 years ago. It would have been like my absolute love. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if I can sink it. I can't, I don't know if I can give myself to it in the way that I would want to. I, I'm kind of like a masochistic gamer in that sense, um, which is why like I see that I'm like, I don't, I'm scared of you, uh, yeah. Souls-like games. <laughs> I think the difference for me with Bloodborne was that because Demon Souls is very much about, you know, watching, waiting, parrying, whereas I just like to kill. And Bloodborne is very much just go kill. <laughs> I think, and that's the vibe I get from Elden Ring. So I'm really looking forward to that. Cool. So, yeah. and otherwise, then there's the new God of War coming out. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot, of, a lot of PlayStation stuff that looks really yeah. Cool. A lot. So just all that's left for me to do is to say thank you for spending time chatting with me. It's been um, a pleasure and an honor. Thank you very much. It's been fun. Thanks for having me on. So everybody, we will see you soon. Bye.